This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Front Porch Radio in Columbia, Tennessee, 101.7 WKOM. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job and fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Walk Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Bring in the new year with Rubik's Groove, your outside-of-the-box, totally 80s, 90s, and aughts dance party band. Go to themulehouse.com for more information and tickets. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Are you pumped? Get pumped, because I'm pumped. You're pumped. John Adams is pumped. John Adams, how pumped are you right now to discover the news? And we've heard the news about Nico and the Nico Express is coming to a theater near you. What's your pump level right now, Adams? Did you say pump or punk? Pump. What did you say? P-U-M-P. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you pumped? Uh, My uh, special needs brother, Steve, says he's pump. He's not pumped. He's pump. He tells me he's for things, not against them. He's for it, not against it. So I say pump. Okay. You finished? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is uh, comp- changes the ball game into a completely different game. I mean, I think there was very little excitement about this game. Uh, Iowa was certainly not an exciting team. Uh, most fans weren't really looking forward to this particular matchup. But now with Nico playing – uh, completely changes everything, and I think Tennessee fans will be watching in mass to see how he does. Yep, and it's not the Velvet Underground either. Lou Reed's not going to walk back through that door. We have our very own Velvet Underground and Nico. Wow, wow, it's very exciting. On your- it may, considering the excitement. Yes. Tony, I, I just find it kind of odd that Tennessee didn't play him. So, I mean, a red shirt is kind of ridiculous. It's dumb. Uh, why, why didn't Tennessee play him some early in the year? I mean, the the program won't fall apart if he, yeah. he plays a series in a game. I mean, Matt Dixon, here's, here's the thing we know, okay? Joe Milton kind of came to this conclusion on his own with some help from them which we were talking about off the air leading up to this. Those that are in Twitter spaces know what I'm talking about. They've heard us talk off the air. But, Matt, I was talking to somebody today who essentially said that when it comes to this sort of thing, Josh Heupel was not to be trusted internally uh, on this deal. And I don't doubt that, Matt, because if that kid would have – if Joe Milton did not – inevitably pull him. This kind of saved Josh Heupel from himself in this game. <laughs> I mean, I hate to put it that way, but it, it and and it gives us all kind of a reason. Now, anytime the Vols take the field, it's, you know, there's a lot of history to that and, and it matters. And even in your bad years and you're playing in a New Year's Day bowl game and this and that, but the combination of Joe Milton and sitting through that one more game and Iowa, 
was i mean it was too much for me to take i mean my <laughs> my excitement level for it was just so matt in a way this kind of saves hypo from him, from himself because you kept saying the whole time if the guy is going if you stick him out there he's going to play most of the game you were in the 90 percent camp which said he was going to play 90 percent of the time well he was going to play the whole game because you weren't going to blow iowa out and you're, you're probably not going to blow Iowa out with, with Nico either. That's right. But he was the starting quarterback, and Hyper was going to treat it like a regular game in this era of – in the era of opt-outs and, and bowl games becoming meaningless exhibition games, we're kind of frustrated that Josh Hyper was going to treat this like a real game, which is kind of interesting. Kind of, kind of like the – you know, we're – there are some fans, and maybe – I don't know if it would be a majority, but some fans – we're wanting Milton to opt out of, of a bowl game in, in this era where, you know, a lot of fans criticize players for not playing in these bowl games. Um, so it, it was just a, an interesting dynamic. But I do think Nico starting the bowl game and, and playing the bowl game is, is the best case for the future of the program. Um, ho- hopefully you, know, you can figure out a way to, to outscore Iowa with him and get him through the game healthy and, and give you some positive momentum going into next season. So. I think it's interesting to hear Watson Brown talk about how um, he kind of views it as a nice matchup for Nico. I think that's an interesting perspective that I don't think anybody would would normally have. Um, yeah, just looking at to, the numbers yeah. and just the way that Iowa just kind of suffocates teams. If you go over to tclub.team today, you, you can read or you can go back yesterday on our archives and listen. Watson was uh, on with us the beginning of the second hour yesterday. And essentially what Watson Brown said is that if you played a team, your first start, that's going to heat you up and blitz you and come from all different places on you, you're tr- you're, you're in trouble when you have a kid out there making his first start. When you play a team that plays the way they play, and you'll be able to prepare them for it, even though that team's very good at what they do, he said the, 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 the recipe here is to exploit the middle of the field and then use your back some, use your tight end some, and then throw the ball over the top of them and hit some big plays. He said, but you're going to need some wide receivers that can that can get off. And and we're going to talk to Scott Docterman about that here um, on our, in our second segment. And then we'll get some phone calls in for the rest of the program. But later on, I'm going to ask you, now that you've had time to digest this, do you find yourself more excited? And have you made the decision, those of you that might be in driving distance, have you made the decision that you're now going to go to the game? So we'll talk about that. One thing I do want to do is kind of peel back the onion on Milton's decision because uh, spending time on the phone here and just trying to figure out the who's and the why's and the I kind of like the why's. The why's are it's kind of fun to you know look at these situations because how did Tennessee get here? How did he get here? First of all, this has been a good five weeks in the making. Tennessee sort of sat him down and sort of encouraged him, hey, you know, it'd probably be better for you if you didn't play in the game. And I believe the decision was made, just talking to different folks, probably a couple weeks back. They decided to hold it, sort of sit on it, whatever. 
you're, you're never going to keep something like this. I mean, John will tell you from his experience, um, a young coach might think, oh, yeah, 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 because he's only been out five years. Oh, we'll be able to keep it internal. You can't keep anything internal. You can't keep anything internal. I mean, I got tipped off over the weekend uh, regarding it from a couple different people, and I, I wasn't alone. We all sort of had a sense that this thing was coming. I'm crazy enough to say it out loud, which is which is what it is. Because truly, until he opted out, to even suggest that Nico was going to play most of the game is walking out on a limb. Even though in most cases that wouldn't be walking out on a limb. But essentially what happened here is, best I can tell, is this decision was made a couple weeks ago. Joe Milton basically has sort of unplugged. They were encouraging him to do this. They wanted to start the year with Nico. And internally, people around Hypel were encouraging him to do this because they had given, as Adam Sparks told us yesterday, the lion's share of the snaps leading up to the Vanderbilt game to Nico. With the thought being that Nico will play a bunch in that game. We all know what happened. This time around, from the outset of bowl practice, the first couple days, it was Joe. And then they just said, you know what? We're going to get Nico ready. And that's what they've done. To the point where, I mean, it was like farcical how many of the first team reps he was getting. And so then they just, and then, and then Milton just decided, you know what? I need to work on my, on my stuff and get ready for the senior bowl and get down here and be a good teammate and cheer and go to my hometown. And, and you got to celebrate that because a selfish thing that he could have done is gone and played in his hometown in that bowl game, John. He could have done that. He easily could have done that. Yeah, and I, I think when you when you spell it out that way, uh, why didn't Tennessee do the same thing at Vanderbilt? That's the point. Against Vanderbilt, That's what me and Adam were talking about. It would have been a much easier game mm-hmm. for him to play. Uh, uh, you know, despite what, you know, Watson made, I think Watson made Iowa sound a little easier than they're going to be. Obviously, it's going to be a very difficult assignment for him. You're going to be lucky to score 21 points against them. I mean, I, I'm trying to temper everybody's expectations. This, I, this Iowa defense you're going to see, they're very good at what they do. They're going to keep Tennessee in front of them, and they're going to force him to to execute, which is going to be a really hard thing for a guy well, that hasn't played football at this level to do. If he's if he struggles, what concerns is that fans are going to like, okay, he's, he must be overrated if he looks kind of pedestrian no. against an Iowa defense that's really good. Yeah, they'd have no not, they're, they're they're casuals if they think that because Iowa doesn't nobody does anything against Iowa. Well, here here's another thing in in his favor. Um, Iowa plays tremendous defense, team defense. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the, I mean, individually how many future NFL players are on that defense, but Iowa pretty much for a long time has played terrific team defense. They don't beat themselves. They don't make mistakes. And when you're that disciplined, you play that way on defense, sometimes uh, the offense might be better off with sort of a wild card. 
with a guy who can create stuff on his own when a play breaks down. And I think Nico, even though we've seen so little of him, I think that is something he'll be able to do. I remember when remember when uh, Johnny Manziel came into the league at a shooting star with Texas A and M. Yeah, Nick, he drove Nick Saban crazy because Johnny Manziel wasn't operating off a script, and a, a defensive minded coach like Nick Saban who could present a defense that would would could react to every possible move uh, an offense might make on, on particular plays and and read read their keys well. Uh, didn't know what to do with Manziel because this guy was so improvisational and so creative on his own. He'd just make plays. Uh, in a best-case scenario for Tennessee, maybe Nico can be the same kind of quarterback because he's very quick, uh, even though he's tall. he's qu- You wouldn't expect a guy that built like that to be so quick, but he is. We've seen that. Yep. And I think he's the kind of guy that can make plays on the run. And that just means so much to an offense, and it was so lacking with Tennessee when it had Joe Milton at quarterback. Look how Alabama won the SEC championship and beat a better team in Georgia. Uh, Jalen Milrow just making improvisational plays, that shovel pass he made, just where did that come from? I think that's the kind of play you need in in big games and in championship games. Certainly this isn't a championship game, but against this defense, I think it's good if you have a guy who can just who can just go out there and play and who's instinctive in the way, in the way he plays a position. Let's find out about Iowa's defense, the voice of John Adams. Uh, let's find out about Iowa's defense. Scott Docterman is going to join us. He has joined – he joined us – month or so ago when the announcement was first made really really good he's the guy that came on and talked about how caitlin clark is the star of stars uh there and uh he he's really terrific uh, but he'll join us he works with the athletic or as they said in my neighborhood the athletic he's an athlete so scott doctorman will join us on the other side of this. And then we'll get some calls in. John Adams is here breaking it down scientifically with you. Uh, The great Matt Dixon in the house as well. The house. In the house. Uh, And uh, we'll have a lot of fun today. I promise you that. And Shout out Jennifer Morris over at Keller Williams. Next move, SmokyMountains.com. Presenting the great John Adams. More after this. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. 
This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, it's Terry from Tillis Jewelry. Our customers know us for our one-of-a-kind custom jewelry. And this year, we've outdone ourselves with the TJ Collection Christmas Edition. Feast your eyes on the deco line, featuring a modern twist on the lovely art deco style. You won't be disappointed. We guarantee you'll love everything about the TJ Christmas Edition. Stop by Tillis Jewelry on Columbia Square, where the best surprises come in small, beautifully wrapped packages. Happy holidays from Tillis Jewelry. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at CaringHeartsHomeHealthcareLLC.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the happy face truck today. 
elevate your day at Old School Vapor. Check out our selection of disposables like Kato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary, Breeze, and more. Enjoy 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase and 20% off everything else. With every $20 Club 13 purchase, snag a chance to win a Rad Runner e-bike. And for Exodus lovers, every purchase gets you a ticket to win an Xbox Series S. Check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. I find Scott Docterman, talking to him off the air, to be an absolute gentleman. Talking to him, to, talking to him, talking to him on the air. What, what, what was that, John Adams? Of I just wonder what he thinks of you. He hasn't been around you much. I wonder what, what his impression was. Scott, what's your impression of uh, of, of me? Let's start there as I welcome you in. Happy New Year hey. to you. Hey, happy New Year. Hey, I tell you what, if you were down in Orlando, uh, I'd like to sit with you in the hospitality room and have a couple of beers and just have a good conversation. See, and John, uh, we don't if, get that yeah, very often. John, if he'd <laughs> see, he thinks I'm a conversationalist, John. Does he have me pegged? Uh, you are a conversationalist, but he's probably never would approach you sitting on a bench in a pretty much empty park. Why? Why is that? <laughs> I just think he would be a little, little leery of you. Like, who's that dude? Appearing on my TLD Logistics Hotline, Scott Docterman of the Athletic now joins. We talk Iowa. So Tennessee yesterday, shockwaves through college football. I don't know. You can't shock anybody anymore, but. Uh, Scott, a true freshman quarterback who didn't play much, uh, is going to get an opportunity against Iowa. Does Iowa, is that, is that good news for Iowa? What, what kind of news is that? And the reason I ask this is USC last night threw a kid on the field and we see this in a couple bowl games. It's like the unknown, uh, becomes, um, almost a positive because Tennessee fans had Joe Milton fatigue. Uh, you, you just can't comprehend how bad the Joe Milton, poor Joe Milton, the Joe Milton fatigue here was just, it was, it was palpable at any rate. Do you, um, do you get a sense that Iowa views this as a break for them or is this a potential, potentially bad news for them? You know, in the big picture, I would probably say it's a break, but I don't know that it's going to matter a whole lot. I mean, to their defense and, and Joe Milton, you know, he's been around forever. He was a Michigan. They studied him. In fact, Kate McNamara was his backup and then beat him out in 2020. And, and uh, you know, I think Joe Milton's like a lot of quarterbacks. Iowa's had him before. Nate Stanley was that way. Where they, the, the biggest thing, the worst thing it could be is just merely good. You know, just good enough, but not, not great, not super, not bad. But just, but I think what it's done is probably more than anything is energized Tennessee's fan base because uh, when you get a quarterback, especially him, Nate Nico, I mean, everybody remembers the stories. I don't know how many are true of this NIL package, but that's the guy everybody wants to see. And 
Iowa has a, as a backup, not to nearly that degree, but their number two is a true freshman. And I think everybody here would love in Iowa would love to see him play instead of Deacon Hill. And I, I don't see what the harm would be there either. But, but I think for their defense, um, that it, it's a tough defense to crack if you never played a, a lot of football or you haven't played a lot of football because they just, they're so well they're so disciplined they're in position all the time on the secondary their eyes are always on the quarterback they run generally a quarter quarter half type of defense and the and the and then if they get some pressure they're always going to be in the right spot and that's that's what's going to be tough for a young quarterback i mean i'm not going to compare nico with destin wade from kentucky they're in the two different stratospheres but last year he had the most miserable day you could probably ever imagine you know two pick sixes four sacks had like 80 yards of passing um and i was capable of just make, making a young quarterback just feel very very uncomfortable so if he has a good day uh, against this defense then you have a lot to be excited for in the future so who was that last year that iowa did that to who was it kentucky's uh what destin wade oh that's right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, and that kid was a uh he and the miller kid last year from florida uh get the award for <laughs> all-time futility in, in in one like not even a bowl game but like a one bowl window those two happened i mean that was like a blight on college football john and it happened like in the 36 hour I, period i really don't think the sec you'd have to probably maybe go back into the 50s when they weren't throwing around much yes go back to the 50s to see two sec teams in a bowl game look so futile at quarterback i mean utterly helpless i watched that Iowa game and and Oregon State just just whipping Florida all day long. Reminiscent of that Syracuse kid the other night. They had a quarterback where I mean you got to like answer the bell and you go out there and tight end playing tight end playing quarterback. I mean some of these games, geez Louise, they they it. The weird thing about these games, Scott, is that I look at motivation right and I say who really wants to be there. You know, when I'm playing against my friends or playing for entertainment purposes only, quote-unquote, as we say. But, Scott, the the thing about this game is I look at motivation and I go, okay, who has the edge? And and I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. I guess it swings to Tennessee now because you have that true freshman out there at quarterback, doesn't it? Well, I think it does among the fan base, obviously. I mean, that this completely energized your base, but... But I think you know with Iowa that they've always been, you know, in, you know, internally motivated, and you know when one of their best players decides he's going to come back next year and take his COVID year, and, and Jay Higgins, a middle linebacker, um, they've had to fight through a ton of adversity. They haven't had any opt outs. Uh, they've only had four scholarship players hit the portal this year. They they're kind of up against it when it comes to scholarships. So. They, I don't think motivation is going to be an issue for them. I think it's going to be about offensive performance and whether or not they can move the ball, whether they can, you know, complete a couple of passes, <laughs> that sort of thing. And then, you know, defensively, you know, how, how long do they have to be on the field and how do they handle an up-tempo attack they haven't been accustomed to for a few months. So, um, but I can, I can, I wonder what that's going to be like for the Tennessee players, though. Um, you know, do they feel like that? Yeah, you know, we're just here now because our senior quarterback's gone, or or is it does it energize them? It probably will the younger players if they get a chance. But I wonder what some of the older players think of a move like that. 
Scott, you're talking about energizing a fan base. Has there been any speculation that Iowa might put Caitlin Clark at quarterback? You know what? If, you, if she did that, then um, they'd sell out every ticket. I think people would hop on the planes from, or even get in a car and drive from <laughs> Iowa if she was a quarterback. They would. They would. Love West that. Des Moines would be empty if that happened. <laughs> yeah, West Des Moines, Iowa City, Cedar Rapids. I mean, the state would empty if she came down to to play quarterback. She is the most beloved figure in the last you know seventy five years in Iowa. I mean, the only. If, if there was a Mount Rushmore of, of Iowa athletes, at least at the University of Iowa, it would be uh, it, it would be two faces now, not now Kinnick and <laughs> and uh, Caitlin Clark. She is she is the straw that stirs the drink. There's you no were saying that they outdraw the men, right? Yeah, first time ever. You know, usually Iowa men are fairly popular. Um, they usually draw fairly well, yep. but this year um, every ticket sold for women's basketball, like on the road last year in the Big Ten, Iowa averaged. Uh, I was women put up 3,600 fans over average at all these arenas like Ohio State and Michigan just so they could watch her. This year, those games are getting sold out and, and not just at, you know, kind of prime locations, but places like Rutgers and Northwestern and Nebraska and Minnesota, you know, places where the, the interest is tepid in women's basketball and they're getting sold out to the point where you're looking at tickets and you're going, Wow, two hundred bucks a ticket to go to this game, you know. But uh, it, she is a phenomenon that we've never seen before, and probably never will again. Back to our game here, because we'll trigger some people if we talk women's basketball. And, I, I, and God knows, I, I don't want to trigger you. I don't want to. Those of you that are triggerable, I'm I'm not here to do that to you today. Yeah. Cooper Dijon is going to miss the game. Defensive back, uh, punt returner. What's the significance of that? And, and tell me about his backup. Yeah, he, it's, it's significant because, uh, Cooper is, uh, you know, one of the, the fat, you know, he's one of the fastest players in the Big Ten. You know, he's a legit four three guy, but he's got ball skills that are rare. And, uh, you know, last year he had three pick sixes as a sophomore this year. You know, the gene broke his leg and, um, in practice working out on offense. They're finally, finally going to put him on offense. And then he breaks his leg against the scout teamer. And, uh, you know, on defense, it's going to be a challenge, but not the worst. I mean, they, they face, they've been able to kind of mitigate that loss a little bit because, uh, a redshirt freshman, Deshaun Lee, is pretty good. Um, and he's going to be a really good player for Iowa, but, you know, he's not that experienced. Michigan tried to go at him. Uh, they, they threw at him, I think, nine times in that championship game. And he, they completed a lot of passes when he was given too much room. And then he, and then he kind of moved up and he did okay. Um, but where he's really felt is a punt returner. And he had a 70-yarder with three minutes to go against Michigan State. And then he had one that was infamously overturned, you know, because he waved his arms in a, you know, kind of towards his waist as opposed to above his head. And they called it an invalid fair catch. That was with a minute and a half against one of their biggest rivals, Minnesota. And a touchdown, one of the best I've ever seen, got called back. So his loss is immeasurable from, a skill standpoint, however, they can, they've been able to kind of navigate through that with, with the Sean Lee and, and a redshirt freshman. So any other injury concerns for Iowa heading into this game? They, they're actually going to get some of their guys back. They had a couple of uh, their starting linemen that were out for the Big Ten championship and they, they should be back and ready to go. And then, um, you know, the one that they were really hoping for was tight end Luke Lachey, who I'd say 
outside of Brock Bowers might have been the best tight end in the country, you know, from Iowa's tight end factory, but just not quite ready to go. He had a broken leg. It was really gruesome in the third game of the season and just haven't been able to come back. He would have been great for Iowa, but um, he's running, but just Kirk Ferentz shut it down, just said it's not worth bringing him back for any any kind of accidents that may happen. And he was their leading uh, receiver, right, when he went down? Yeah. The year? yeah. He, and he is their leading receiver for the year. <laughs> yeah, he and Eric All. Eric All was another one. He got an ACL. I mean, they had two tight ends that were NFL caliber. And, yeah, both of them, you know, had season-ending injuries. And, um, yeah, he had, I think, 10 or 11 catches in the first two games. Um, Luke Lachey did. And, and he's, he kind of matches a lot of what you see with, uh, with Sam Laporta, you know, in the NFL. So that would be, that was a big loss that they've never been able to recover from this year. Um, so Tennessee has a million opt-outs in their secondary. Mm-hmm. A bunch of kids playing back there. If they were playing a team capable of throwing the ball, that would be a scary proposition. Do you believe that Iowa's capable of taking advantage of that? To an extent, I think Iowa will be able to make do with, you know, they'll be able to complete passes that they probably normally would. And, you know, and I, don't, I don't mean to drag them down, but it's just, it's, it's a really hard offense to watch, especially through the air with backup Deacon Hill. He's, he really struggles with his accuracy, but I think they'll be able to, to take advantage of it. Maybe pick up a couple of third down conversions that in most year, most games they wouldn't because of that. And uh, they've got a kind of a young ascending tight end named Addison Ostranga that's uh, you know it's going to be kind of the next in line, and I think we'll be able to do that. But but by and large, no, this isn't going to be your typical offense where you'd be really worried that oh my gosh, you got three guys out, you know that that have hit the portal and. Um, you know that now they are a little more physical against the you know with the running game that even though their numbers don't really show it they are pretty good at that I I could see that being another issue but I know Tennessee is pretty stout against the run so it may be a net zero for both teams in that part of the world yeah and Tennessee's got to be able obviously with a young quarterback they've got to be able to run the football why is Iowa so good against the run how 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 do they do that with the defense they use. It's it's really effective. It's a it's a four two five, and sometimes they shift to a four three. Um, they run a two gap scheme up front, and they're so well disciplined and well coached. That that's something that that's why Iowa is sustained as a, as a pretty good program and wins games because these players um, know where they're supposed to be. They know how to attack, and then they've got they've got some really good run stoppers up front, and that's what's helped them over the years. And then. Um, their linebackers um, arrive with physicality, and uh, and then their defensive backs. All of them have to tackle. That's a requirement for Phil Parker that they have to tackle and 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 hit hard, and not just you know Deion Sanders out there. <laughs> so, um, but the, the two gap scheme enables them. This is why they're mostly effective: is that that they don't have to just put eight in the box; that they can play seven. And, and the, the defensive linemen don't always accumulate a lot of statistics, but they tie up enough blockers and they, they keep the line of scrimmage clear for their linebackers to clean up. And then Jay Higgins, who's been a really good player for them, has 155 tackles this year. So that's why they've been able to, to stop it and stop it with success and, and uh, force teams to throw on them. And then again, because they, they run mainly, you know, they don't go up an eight-man box, you know that they and they have eyes on the quarterback. That's why they, you know, are able to get a lot of turnovers and turn them into points. 
You say the guys in the secondary are um, adapt at tracking balls when they're in the air, and and very seldom turn their heads to quarterbacks. Is that is that accurate? No, their eyes are on the quarterback. That that's their their function in, in that zone defense. And um, you know, since I think 2015, they lead the country and most uh, in interceptions and their second pick sixes and and it's because they play their spot so well and, and geometrically the way phil parker coaches is you know you've got to be in in your spot no matter yeah. what and and they do such a good job with that and that that's really helped them over the years to you know turn tips into in interceptions and and wayward throws into points hey matt dixon do you think as i, I introduce you into the conversation as uh, we're visiting today with Scott Docterman of The Athletic, who's breaking it down scientifically for us um, on a rainy day, he tells us, in uh, in beautiful Orlando. Matt, you think uh, uh, our DB uh, coach, Willie Martinez, and uh, Banks, Tim Banks, when they watch Iowa's defense and the way those guys are tracking the ball and Compared to what their DBs do, you think they're like passing around the Xanax while they're watching that? That's got to give them just like uh, anxiety, Matt, doesn't it? The way we never look back yeah. at balls. Well, it's, seeing DBs break on the ball before a receiver's already caught it is is a unique concept to Tennessee's uh, secondary. So that'll be maybe they can learn a, a thing or two. My my question is: When's the last time Iowa has faced one of these up tempo? kind of spread it out teams like Tennessee because it, it does present a very unique challenge um, with the spacing that Tennessee plays with like and, and especially the tempo when's the last time that Iowa faced the team like this and how did they fare yeah they their first two games were against teams like that I'm not going to suggest that they've got certainly nowhere near the athletes um, that Tennessee has but you know Utah State and Iowa State are both up tempo and Iowa State at times you Utah State the whole time. They both went to bowl games. And, um, you know, the, where, where Iowa will is, will struggle a little bit, and you'll notice this right away, is kind of matching the tempo early. And uh, because they are, um, and a lot of times a team takes advantage of their script, their script against Iowa because Iowa's, um, you know, you know where they're going to be. And so they can find plays to do that. It's usually when the second time through that things start to tighten up for the Hawkeyes. I expect Tennessee, if if Nico can complete passes um, early and get some confidence, that I expect that first drive to, to flip the field at a minimum, if not score points for Tennessee. But once they kind of catch up to the tempo a little bit, and they've done this all year, even when teams are very physical with them, um, then that's when they tighten up and they're able to to really force some issues that quarter you know get their first eyes on the quarterback so i would i would expect the tempo to give them a challenge and, and i know that the weather is not going to be you know overly hot here which is a good thing for iowa because it hasn't played in hot weather in several months now but uh, but it, it's going to cause some problems early on i i don't i think that's fair so that's interesting so they will adjust and that that is kind of their stock and trade as they adjust as that game goes along yeah. Which is yeah, another concept. Yeah. Another you know, uh, foreign concept. Scott, I want to ask about the the, the, the offensive coordinator. Brian Ferentz has been forced out after this year. Where do you think they go in that direction next year to replace him? Yeah, there, there's been a lot of 
obviously we've just been speculating almost daily or actually daily um, on where they're going to go. And, and one thing with, with Kirk Ferentz and what he does is he, he tries to, he wants to have somebody he's comfortable with in a style that he thinks works. And, and, you know, Brian was, was forced out two months ago and it was a, uh, you know, obviously the biggest talk about story in, in the state this year for us. But, um, you know, I, I would expect somebody that's probably a veteran, somebody that understands ball control, complementary football. That's kind of how they want to play. Um, you know, it's boring to some people, but they don't care if they win you know, as long as they win. And uh, so somebody like Paul Christ or Joe Philbin are probably the top two on that uh, discussion, uh, you know, and who knows, you know, there, there's, uh, there's three or four others that he's been discussing and looking at, but he's not going to hire anybody until after the bowl game. So, uh, he's been pretty tight lipped. There have been a few other people that have opened up a little bit, but, but, uh, you know, it'd, it'd be somebody who understands ball control offense. And, uh, and that's, you know, there's, it's not going to be <laughs> five wide, you know, 19 seconds on average between plays. I can tell you that. Looking at Ferenc, he he has the countenance of a rather surly individual, but looks can be deceiving. What what kind of guy is he to deal with? The exact opposite of that. He is actually a very uh, genial man. It's um, interesting. Easy to easy to get along with. Um, he's got standards and and he's tough that way. But he's not really. Yeah, I get along with him just fine. I mean, I would say. You know, his men's basketball counterpart, Fran McCaffrey, might be a little bit different that way. <laughs> and really? Brian is very fiery. But, you know, Fran, of course, with his chair slams and red faces and stuff is the one that uh, people know about. But, yeah, no, I think Kirk is, you know, really very easy to get along with, a smart man. And, and I think once you get to know him, any of the, you know, and I, I think a lot of people, even people I talk to with The Athletic, they have a certain perception of him, and then, you know, if they get to know him, that that, that changes very quickly. Fran's a Philly boy. Fran's brother's a longtime sports writer. I don't know if you guys have ever had a chance to interface, but he's quite a character himself yeah. up in the Philadelphia area. So, mm-hmm. you know, those, those people kind of wear it on their sleeve. So what do you expect happens in this game, uh, Scott, on the way out? We've, we've thought about it for five or so weeks. One thing about these bowl games, you watch that USC deal last night, you have zero idea what's going to happen when the ball kicks off. But what is your sense of this one? I actually think this is going to be a very close game. I think what we'll see from the very beginning is um, Tennessee will go down and score a touchdown on its first drive. And everybody in your state will sit there and go, this is too easy. This team's terrible. They only won 10 games because they played in the Big Ten West. And then you'll just see Iowa give, you know, get into a groove defensively and slow it down. And then all of a sudden it's going to be close. You know, they're going to kick a field goal or two and at halftime it's like a one point game. And then um, in the third quarter, it, it's going to become a defensive struggle. And, and that's going to test, you know, the young quarterback's patience. You know, can he, can he accept failure in order to achieve success? And, you know, and then I, I think in the fourth quarter, it's going to be in everybody, anybody's ball game. And it's going to be a matter of who gets the big stop, who completes the pass. I mean, Iowa lives in the, that realm right now. I mean, because they are very comfortable in low scoring games that, that are close. And at the end, they have really good special teams units. And, and so I expect it to go all the way to the end. I'd probably give Tennessee the edge because position players but but it wouldn't surprise me at all if iowa would would pull out what might be a surprise 
You happen to be a gentleman and a scholar. If folks want to read your work or interact with you, how do they do so? And I hope you have a great New Year down there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, just go to the go to my what, Twitter X at Scott Docterman. Uh, I write about a lot of other things besides Iowa football too, and then also at the Athletic. Um, you know, you can click on my Iowa stories. I'll have one in a few hours here once uh, once practice ends, and then uh, you know, and have quite a bit and. In fact, me and Joe Rexroad are going to combine on a preview later this week because uh, Joe should be joining me down here today, I think. Well, he's a great guy. Hey, don't don't let him shirk that like one of those college projects where you do 90% of the work. <laughs> we've known each other a long time. He used to cover Michigan State. For he's a good years. dude. Yep. So, yeah, we've gotten to know each other for a while. Tell him I said what's up, and uh, <laughs> we love him. We love Joe Rexroad. Thank you, my friend. Good talking to you. Yeah, you too. Happy New Year, and uh, hope you all are well. So he thinks a close game with Tennessee probably winning at the end. John, Iowa's whole goal is to drag you into the mud. And in, in this era, okay, it's almost refreshing that they're zagging while everybody else is zigging. And when he mentioned those two names for their coordinator, you talk about two no-dose special. Paul Chris. You like that, Tana? I mean, who was the other one, Brian? Paul Christ and the other guy is... Somebody I hadn't heard of. Randy Sanders. <laughs> George Qu- Maybe George Quarles. No, don't you besmirch Georgie boy. You Tony, should this game be good? Be played in a downpour, just a driving rain and mud on the field? Would that, could that be appropriate for this matchup? Ferenc would love that. It's raining today. Sure is. Well, uh... Ferentz, I, I mean, I've dealt with him when Tennessee played Iowa in a bowl game. What do you think of him? What do you think? He's of really good to deal with. Really? Oh yeah. He doesn't look it's, that way, does he? I know, but that kind of speaks to how shallow you can be, where you just judge somebody on their look, looks and then form a really hard and fast opinion. I didn't form a hard and fast think opinion. About I it asked again. him what he thought. I asked him what he thought of the guy, and asked form a hard and fast opinion. You clown. He also, I mean, he has like a lifetime contract, so he can just be this way. Like he has no worries about being fired. Well, I mean, how much better would Iowa be if he weren't there? And That's a good point. He wins ten games every year. He does it his way. I mean, they, no, not not every year. They're not winning ten games well, going forward when division plays he, without divisions. He wins ten like once every three years or so. He's pretty good. He does it it's, often enough to keep the stay away from the hot seat. But how many teams? You, we talk about Iowa, though it's so different, and it is from the majority of college football. But when you put it in that Big Ten West. Think about all the other teams in that division that I was kind of similar to. I watched the Iowa-Nebraska game. Worst game I've ever seen. <laughs> this year. I mean, I was I felt like I, I was a kid again back in the 1950s. And first team to double figures wins. Scott Docterman of The Athletic appeared once again on your TLD Logistics hotline online at tldlogistics.com. Here's the deal. My lines are wide open. If you want to get in with us today, as we break this thing down scientifically, and Matt, does the Nico news make the game easier for Tennessee to navigate or harder for Tennessee to navigate? And I'm going to ask the living listener that as well. Does the Nico news make this easier for the Vols to win or more difficult 
for the Vols to win. Scott Docterman, interestingly enough, said that the script in this game will be that Tennessee will go down the field. They will make Iowa look slow and white. They will at least flip the field. You're going to be saying, if you have some years on you, this looks like Tennessee and Northwestern back in the day. This looks like Tennessee and Michigan in 2001. It's another one of these matchups <laughs> against one of these slow Big Ten teams. Ebony and Ivory don't live together in perfect harmony on the football field. All those things in your brain you're going to be thinking. And then he said they're going to tighten the screws down on the Vols. And it's going to turn into a chess match. And they're going to force that quarterback to play the game and to not bite on throwing the ball up for grabs, which is what they're going to try and get him to do with that disciplined defense they have. It's really an interesting... I mean, for those of us that love this sport, John, when he describes it that way, that sounds like an interesting football game, to me, anyway. Yeah, it does. And and I, I know uh, Iowa can be incredibly boring at times, but I do like watching different kinds of teams. Yep. And Iowa is certainly different, the way they go about their business. And this... He t- I thought it was interesting. He thought Iowa would be very uh, enthused about this game. There wouldn't be any problem, any indifference about it. Uh, when I covered that game before down there, for whatever reason, even just in talking to the Iowa players, they just didn't seem to want to be there. I have no idea why. And they started out like that. I mean, Tennessee just was just was blowing them out. I think it won by 20-something points was a final score but yeah so i think i do i do think it's an interesting matchup but seriously if joe milton was playing in this game it wouldn't be that interesting i i just think nico creates a completely different in football environment for tennessee fans in particular and i think around the sec i think there will be fans who normally said man i'm not watching that i really don't uh, I, I, this doesn't remind me of last year's Tennessee team. I watched them. I'm not watching these guys, and I don't want to watch Iowa. But I think now SEC fans will tune this in and see, okay, what's this quarterback, Tennessee's next quarterback, going to be like? The $2 million man. Everybody knows. Yeah. You know, they way overpaid right. for him. They By market standards, they way overpaid for this guy. And the question is, is the gamble going to pay off? And And we're going to get the first glimpse of that. In this game, and I heard you guys talking when I was procuring our guest about last night's USC game. There's a kid that basically hadn't played all year. He walked out there, John, and ripped Louisville limb from freaking limb. Did he have six touchdown passes, or am I, as I imagine? Yeah, he tied a uh, Pac-12 bowl game record. He was insane last night. TDs. And and I saw him earlier in the year as when he came into the game late after Caleb uh, Williams had gone to the bench, and he looked really good. Mm. Yeah, you know how sometimes you can see these guys come in late. Absolutely. And you just see something that makes you think, maybe this guy could be pretty good. And I'd been reading about Southern Cal might be in the market for a, ba- a transfer quarterback. No way. I don't think so. Uh, honestly, I watched quite a few USC games. And Caleb Williams didn't look any better than that all season. This guy made one mistake. He threw a bad interception yep. he shouldn't throw. Caleb Williams made a lot of those kind of mistakes. And I know he's a terrific quarterback, but yep. he did 
he was kind of loose and free with the ball. I really like this guy. He looked really comfortable out there. Yes. So, and that's those kind of events can make for an intriguing bowl season. They they add something to this time of year in a twisted way, and they can they can make gamblers like pull their hair out. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> it's gambling on raindrops at this point. But I mean, to to your to to that end, one of you said last night because I was flipping back and forth between those two games. And actually had the clicker was working for the first time in bowl season because generally these games are just awful. Generally, I'm watching on, uh, reruns of On Patrol live after like 20 minutes. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you here. Or an NHL hockey game. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not kidding. By the way, tonight, Fountain City Ramblers will be playing out Smoky Mountain Brewery. Uh, we will be out in Maryville. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun. Nine to midnight. We're preceded by Singo. If you want to come out and get your Singo on uh, before that. Matt, I want you to think about this. I want you to answer later on. What will constitute a successful day for Nico? Because I'm afraid our fans, what our fans think is going to be success and what success is are two different things. And I'm not knocking our fan base. I think we have a pretty knowledgeable fan base. But I do think there is a there's a danger. Uh, there's a danger in thinking, oh man, this guy's to the two million dollar. He's gonna go out there and light them up and he ain't lighting anybody up. If he does that, it'd be a minor miracle the way they play defense. But it's gonna be a very difficult game. It was gonna be difficult anyway. It's gonna be difficult. So, do you have that formulated, Matt, in your in your brain? Have you have you uh, considered the implications here, or would you like some more time? Uh, well, I've, I've been thinking about it. I I just it's going to be interesting. This I I think ultimately you if you lead you to a win, you have positive momentum going into the off season, kind of regardless of of how he plays. Uh, but. I, you would like to see a few plays here and there of, of just kind of that that ability that John talked about, which a lot of a lot of people have, have talked about is his ability to extend plays is really elite and kind of like Bryce Young. Um, you want to see that a few times. You just want to see one or two of those just NFL throws from him, where he just you know hits a you know throws a receiver open. If you have a few of those and you win the game, I, I think you have a lot of momentum going into next season. To the overall, yeah. he's not going. I mean, he's not going to throw for, you know, three hundred and fifty yards and six touchdowns like like the USC kid. But no. if, if you can have just a nice day where you manage the offense, you you know negate negative plays. You don't you know throw bad interceptions, and ultimately, if you win the game, I, I think that that's that's the positive outcome you want. And the interesting thing is, he's gone against a team that's not going to blitz him. It's one thing you heard this guy say as well. They're, that's just not who they are. So they're not going to force him to play fast. They're going to do the opposite. They're going to force him, if the game tightens up, to play slowly and to be able to methodically take what they're giving him and to be patient. And obviously Tennessee is going to drill that into his head that, hey, these guys are going to make it look one way on when they line up, and they're going to bait you, and you cannot take the bait. You can't try to get it all. And live your life in one day, as the great Howard Jones once said. Let's go to the phones on our TLD Logistics phone line. By the way, Garza Law, Tennessee, 
fifth quarter fan reaction on New Year's Day as soon as that one ends, concurrent with the playoff game. So we'll have a little fun. Tell a friend on many of these same platforms, tclub.team. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, fellas, this is Charlie. Charlie, welcome in. Uh, after having a day of thinking about it and hearing, uh, well, listen to the rest of your show yesterday, uh, you know, Cinco brought something up uh, that I'd forgotten about. Uh, you know, we all know Nico's, we kind of saw he had this ability to escape, kind of sense the pocket closing, you know, and, and showed more athletic ability and speed uh, running with the ball than, than, than I knew he had. But what Cinco brought up yesterday that, that I'd forgotten about is how slow Josh Heupel's offense had gotten with, uh, with Milton. And, and I don't know if it's just Milton or if it's a uh, Milton and the wide receivers, but I think if, uh, <clears throat> we get Nico in there and we can get our offense running plays similar to the pace that we ran last year, uh, I don't, I don't see how I was big bad defense. We'll see how, we'll see how bad they are in the fourth quarter whenever sucking win. If we can get our pace up, up to close, you know, I don't expect it to run like it did last year with Hooker, but if we can get our offense running faster, I think that'll pay huge dividends uh, in the fourth quarter. So here's a question for the panel in light of that. Former Charlie brings up a great point from beautiful Englewood. And the question is as follows. If you're managing this game and you're the Vols, John, are you worried about pace with that true freshman out there, or are you worried about keeping him, you know, not going too fast? What do you think? Well, it could be a fine line there, uh, but the thing is, and, and Charlie Bright makes a really good point, all season, this didn't look like a Josh Heupel offense. No. I watched South Florida just demolish a depleted Syracuse team in a bowl, 45 to nothing, and Alex Gullish, the former UT offensive coordinator, was running what looked like the Josh Heupel offense. It was just relentless. Speed, speed, speed. I, you know, I, I don't think, I know you always want to get confidence with a young quarterback, but I just believe in, in, in running your offense. I mean, the, the world won't stop if, if Nico doesn't have a great game. And you're talking about getting him ready for next season. Uh, you need to run your offense and see what this guy can do. I, I don't like the idea of coddling him. Uh, this is an advantage Tennessee has. It, you're, this should be a, uh, the up-tempo spread. It's like nothing I was experienced this, uh, this season. And to me, you need to run. I mean, just because he hasn't played much, Nico's been on campus since the last bowl game. He's been running this offense. So run the offense and, and go with speed. That's the advantage. You need to exploit it or try to exploit it. What do you think, Matt? What is your uh, thought on that? No, I, I think you, you play with tempo because, like John said, that, that's all that they do in practice. That's what Nico's used to is some of the, the, quick, the quick stuff. Um, 
you know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how they do doing that. Uh, you, you gotta get first downs to, to continue to do that. So that'll be key. But, um, I know I would expect them to be a little bit faster than they have been. Cause I, I think they'll probably simplify things a little bit, um, which should help Nico and, and the receivers. Cause you know, I, I do think that they had trouble with the receivers this, this past year too, just having those guys know what to do. And cause you know, they just weren't guys running wide open like there were the past two years. So I, you know, and not all that's on the quarterback. Anything else for yeah, us, this, Charlie? This would be a fun game for uh, a Brew McCoy to. It, unfortunately, he's not going to play, and he's not out. But this would be a fun game for him to play in against that kind of defense. He Char- just looks like he'd embrace that. Charlie, anything else for us? Well, it, the only if I was Josh Heupel, the only thing I would change about my offense is. Uh, is just for Nico's sake. This is the only. I, I agree with 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 Mister Adams. I uh, I don't think you need to coddle this kid. He's been on campus long enough. But I I would uh uh have Samson leak out of the backfield. You know, three yards or something. Just kind of a safety valve. And and shoot, I say put the foot to the floor. Have Squirrel White rip the top off that defense, and we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how bad they are in the fourth quarter after running up and down the field. Charlie, thank Go you. Balls. Go balls to you, Farmer Charlie. Speaking from beautiful Inglewood, home of the fabulous Forum. If you've ever been there, eight six five two hundred five four zero two. If you want to get in the hunt and in the mix with us on a day where. Now we have to deal with the reality that Nico's a court. What happens? You tell me. Does the game become more winnable? Or is it harder to win this game now with Nico at quarterback? Now we're now we're in the nitty-gritty here. Now, now we're getting into the fine print. Let's continue. It's hour two after this. This is Coach Trader's Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the garbage man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. 
She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. It's a memory-making time of year. This is Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt. Many years ago, as a little girl, I remember my mother receiving several packages in the mail. That was odd at our house. It was just a couple of weeks before Christmas. She put them away. I learned later that my dad had won a catalog shopping spree by selling the most cars the previous month. We were five young children and had just moved to Nashville from Illinois. It had been a tough year. About three days before Christmas, my mother started bringing out the toys one at a time. I remember her sheer delight as she presented each one to us. You see, we didn't know what was in the packages, but mother did. And she couldn't wait to give the toys to us. I know now that the true joy was in the giving. I hope during this holiday season and in the new year that every one of us will experience the true joy of giving whatever we have to give. From our house to yours, I wish you a very merry, merry Christmas and a joy-filled, prosperous new year. Year with Rubik's Groove at the Mule House in Columbia. Rubik's Groove is your premier outside of the box 80s, 90s, and aughts tribute band. Featuring a high energy, character driven performance, you're not going to want to miss this one. Rock, pop, hip hop, characters, costumes, and videos. For tickets and more information, go to themulehouse.com. That's themulehouse.com. See you on New Year's Eve. 
Greetings, Columbia. Mayor Chaz Mulder here, extending heartfelt gratitude on behalf of our incredible city as we wrap up another year. As we gather with family and friends, let's reflect on the blessings that make our community truly special and look forward to a brighter future together as we work hand in hand to make Columbia an even better place for all. I wish each and every one of you a happy new year. May it be filled with joy, success, and moments that make lasting memories. Cheers to the new year. The two winningest programs in college football history collide. Jada, look, he's got a little wide open. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! It's Saban versus Harbaugh. Roll Tide, baby, here we go. It's the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Michigan Wolverines in the college football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl. Our coverage starts at 1 this Monday on your home for Alabama football. The Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. My name's Tony Basilio. It's hour two. This is our kingdom. This is what we do. I, I just rhymed. I didn't I didn't mean to, but eight six five two hundred five four zero two. It sounded pretty profound. As I as I um Proclaim this is the geophysical year of the caller. And 2024 is going to bring about another proclamation similar to that. I I just looked down at my calendar a second ago, and I was looking to see uh, when Chinese New Year was, for instance. Um, and I was just, it just said it's the, it's the geophysical year of the caller. So we continue to endeavor to have more of you, less of us. And hello and welcome into our next call. Is Charlie the Magic Johnson of Inglewood? He certainly is. John, were you ever in the old uh, forum, the fabulous forum in Inglewood, California? Frederick Jackson. No, I I drove right by, but I I never covered anything there. Interesting. Not really. Is it still there, the forum in Inglewood, or did they tear it down? Surely it tore it down. I I think it's it's a homeless shelter now. Anything else for us there, uh, Frederick Jack, who uh, Orange Throat gave a present to over the weekend? Or, uh, I saw uh, that. I'm going to give a shout-out to Orange Throat. Huh? That will encourage me to uh, work on my sets a little more. Work on your what? My material. Oh. I, I didn't even want to tell you what I thought you said. <laughs> you said uh, sets. Is that what you said? Hey. Hey, John Adams, uh, did you have a nice Christmas? Yes, I did. Thank you for asking. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you're back in, in full force. I I enjoyed your questions to the uh, the guests from uh, the Talking About Iowa, but I know why you're a Hall of Fame caller or a Hall of Fame Hall of Famer. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's questions like that that got me there. Yeah. T- Tony tries to work everybody in when he has a guest on. You know that, don't you? Yeah, uh, what did you? How do you think of Tony as an interviewer? Do you think he's good with guests or mediocre or not really that good? Tony, have you ever listened to his book club? Where I interview authors of all types, he's talking about. I have a book corner. I haven't done one in a while, but it's up on my blog, up on my website. John, you'd like it. I well, I I've written a couple of books. You never never interviewed me. I have offered to. Tony is Tony is very very good at that. 
But when he gets Ta- on, what do you uh, mean? Good at what? Talking he, a big game and not delivering? No, he's no, getting ready to zing me. Listen, here it comes. Interviewing, interviewing these guys because uh, he he reads the books and they're really surprised because uh, he knows the material. I mean, he's very good. Now, when he when he talks about sports, he got he has guys on. He kind of likes to, I don't know, dominate the conversation. I've heard other people say that. That's interesting. <laughs> You ever heard? You ever heard of that team, the Ball Hogs, with Rick Berry coaches? Was it Festivus exactly one week ago on here? <laughs> Boy, uh, Rick Berry could play a little bit. Ah, uh, he shot his uh, he shot his foul shots Granny style too, and shot like ninety two percent. Oh, he was unbelievable. You mean like Dave Hart? <laughs> I think Dave Hart shot less Granny style. Dave Hart's one point he scored at Alabama was on an underhand foul shot, uh, according to uh, Lore down there. Did he get a game ball? Bama basketball Lore. Oh, surely. Uh, knowing him, what he probably his, broke What did his hair look like back in the, his playing days? I'm going to guess it was jet black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Tony, do you remember the Golden State Warriors center back in the day? Nate Thurman? This is called... Show Murder 101. And, John, one of your uh, one of your uh, charges against me last week is that I let callers drone on. Is he is he getting into that territory right now? Uh, no, I actually find him interesting. Well, you would. <laughs> well, it's a change from you dominating the show, Tony. Freddie, does, um, in your opinion, does Nico... Being the starter, make this thing a tougher win for the Vols now. Well, I don't know. It could go either way. He could ball out, or it could be Gaston Moore might have to come in. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you think they, if it gets real bad, you think they'll put Gaston Moore in? No. No, no, under no circumstances. No. No, I, I, I think if they get down hurt. to the goal, if they get down to the goal line. And have a chance for him to throw a touchdown pass. I think they would bring him in then. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it gives a lot more excitement. Uh, I think he'll do okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, uh, hope it's or if he has call. a big game, you're going to have a lot to talk about until next year. It'll be yep. a lot of anticipation. I I truly hope it's better than your call. Well, I uh, hope it's better than uh, you letting your guests talk. Well, I hope it's better than you being out of here because I've had about enough of you. <laughs> Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams. You know, the holidays are – they bring out the best in every way like Freddie Jack, but they're a wonderful time <laughs> if you're interested in selling your home. And right at the first of the year is a wonderful time too because you're going to zag when everybody else is zigging. And it's good to zig while everybody else is zagging and – that's kind of where we are right now. Um, is Tony, is Freddie Jack related to Billy Jack? Freddie Jack's a moron. Uh, Jennifer Morris at Keller Williams will take wonderful care of you. And she is very, very, very sports-minded. She's a living Vol fan. You call her, you can talk homes. She's a conversationalist for real. She's a dog person like I am. She's really cool. She sent the Basilios, an incredible, imported from Italy, something or other, several different types of food that was just 
I mean, it, it was the head of the it was the head of the season around here. You can learn more about what she does. Next move, SmokyMountains.com against Jennifer Morris Keller Williams, who presents John Adams on your Thursdays. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Tony, do uh, your callers send you gifts around Christmas time? Jump back to our phones and get our next call in on your TLD Logistics phone line. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tony B. Hey. Hey, uh, I want to say uh, a belated Merry Christmas to John. Thank you. Same to you. Happy New Thank Year. You, brother. Same to you. Hey, guys, you know what? We're worrying too much about the five-star quarterback. Yep. Uh, I think he's going to be a stud in the game. I think he's ready. I think he's been trying to bust out of the stall and waiting to get his chance. <laughs> and you kind of look at last night's game, Texas A&M, got their quarterback hurt first play of the game. I was wondering why that guy was playing. I'd never heard of him. I I had never. I had never heard of him either. <clears throat> but they brought a kid in who was not expecting to get out there. He was playing high school football at Montgomery Bell Academy in Nashville last season, Marcel Reed, and he came in and played a fabulous game. How about that, Greg? He, he got him down to inside the five. Ball got fumbled. They turned it over. Otherwise, that game would have been tied. He did an amazing job, and I think Nico is going to do a better job. What does that mean? Last what's, night, a, what's a better was, job? What does that mean? What's better than amazing? <laughs> um, I mean, what what do you when you say he's going to like what what do you expect out of him? I'm being serious now because really the only opponent that's really rolled it up on Iowa and I think got into the 30s is Penn State. Is that right? Unless I'm misreading well, that. Michigan was 26 nothing, wasn't it? Yeah, 26 nothing. And Michigan basically managed the game. Um, I'm not sure how aggressive they were or weren't. I'm going to tell you something. Michigan's going to put a beating on Alabama. <laughs> You you disagree with that, John? They're going to beat Alabama. Yeah. Oh, they're going to beat them. Oh, they yes, might they beat are. them, but they're going to beat them. They won't. They they're going to put. They're going to whip them. They're going to whip them. Be very close. Well, I've, I've got that. I've got that prediction. Thirty-two to twenty-one, Michigan. You got it. You and Greg, me and Greg, are on the same page. And Brian, you can crack on him all you want and go. Go. I'm going to tell you something. Greg's on. <laughs> Greg's on this thing. So you can do that. You can, you can do all that stuff you want to do, Brian. But that man right there spitting facts. That Alabama quarterback better get ready. He better pre-medicate because Michigan's hey going to knock him on the ground a bunch. Hey, guys, do you know what a fish-heading crew will have that game? Our game? The, the game with Michigan and Alabama. You know, I don't know when that stuff's announced. Any idea, Brian? I think it's the... I think it's a, a, a bunch that's headquartered in Rainsville, Alabama. Oh, another league, I would think. It's probably an ACC or Big 12. Yeah, crew. I, would I would think yeah, that's what they do. Be. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, you guys watch for this. 
And you know how they were all year long with that offensive line getting away with holding. I'm going to tell you, if they call that game, yep. if the officials have not been yep. <clears throat> held back on making if it's a hold, call it every time. If they call them, it's going to be tough for Alabama to win that game because yep. they can't. That quarterback can't do anything unless the offensive line is holding. So Michigan's going to layeth the smack what, down. What's going to happen when Jalen Milrow gets in that Michigan secondary going, going full speed? He's going to get knocked on his ass. That's what's going to happen. He's never going to get there. He's yes, he is, and they're going to have a dustpan and a brush out there for him. <laughs> Why are you guys so high on Michigan? Because they're going to whip that team. I watched them against Ohio State. I know what I saw. Ohio State is not very good. Whatever. It's not like it was you know, last year. Whatever. You, you sound more confident than they did when they announced the pairing between Alabama playing Michigan, and the Michigan team was watching the pairings, and well, just, they, there was a big gas. They were hoping for Florida State. I don't know how it's to feel about that other game, though, guys. That, game, that, that left coast deal, I don't know how to feel about the other game. I'm Texas and uh, Washington. Washington. I got no feel for that. I, I have no idea what's going. I'm telling you, Michigan is going to roll that team. They're going to roll them. You're the only person I've heard say that. I don't care. Well, I've got saying. Washington beating Texas, and I've got Washington winning it all. Be a weird season if that happened, or if Texas it won it and brought a championship into the league, and Greg Sankey could claim it. You think he'd claim it? Are you kidding? He's in Alabama. He'll, That's all they he'll do. Cl- he'll claim it immediately, will yes, he? Yes, he will. He'll go right down there and he'll hold his he'll have a new favorite. He'll be holding up uh, how many how many straight national titles would that be? Seven, for the right? SEC? Seven? Is that right? No, no. They've got uh started in what? Um LSU, Alabama, Georgia. This will be number five. Sankey will be holding up five fingers, five in a row. Hey, back, back to the Tennessee game, let me ask you guys, Coral White, what is his speed? How, how fast do you run the 40? I think he's like a 10, 4, 10, 500 meters guy, isn't he? I don't know what his 40 speed is. Do you know, Matt, what his 40 speed is? Squirrel White? Who's? Squirrel White. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's necessarily like a burner burner. I, I think he get he accelerates really quickly. I don't know what his top end speed. He's probably a. I'd say probably a four or five guy. You know what I would do in that game if I was Coach Heifel, the first offensive play. Those guys haven't seen Squirrel White before. I would kind of drift him out on a slow takeoff and then let him turn it loose and go to the post. And hit him deep for a touchdown, and that would introduce Nico to the world. To the world, and I appreciate you. And that's Scott Doctorman said the Vols will score first. He said they'll go right down the field on Greg. him. He said they'll go right. We down heard the, from Greg. He said they'll go right down the field on him and score. I mean, he pretty much told us exactly how the game would go. I felt like I already had my column written. To the phones, you know, uh, Tennessee's like leads the country in first possession TDs this year. I think they've scored on nine opening drives, there which is go. tied with Liberty. Wow. That's an interesting number. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. Hey, John. Is he? Hey, welcome in, brother. How you doing? <clears throat> Good. Good. Listen, a um, couple of things. I listened to your uh, uh, document there talking about the game, and 
<clears throat> I I really felt like that script is, kind of describes every time that Tennessee has faced a, a Big Ten team lately. We've just gotten drug into their game. You know, we come out hot early. We get dragged into playing their game because we cannot impose our own. And that's the thing that concerns me. Can we impose our game on them? If we can't, it's going to be a long day. You know, that's just been the history of this Josh Heifel offense. But here's the, here's the upside. These guys haven't gotten to see Nico. They don't have a lot of film to scout him on. And he's got a heck of a lot more upside than Joe Milton does. You know, I, I think that the, the X factor, just the little glimpses that you've seen of him, you ought more to be confident in Nico than you do uh, to be worried. But What do you we'll think, see. John? John, what do you think of that? We've seen a lot of these guys down through the years. He said you ought to have more confidence than worry about Nico in this game. What do you think, John, based on the little sample size we've seen of him? Do you agree with that? Uh, very much so. I mean, I thought Tennessee would beat Iowa with Joe Milton at quarterback. And I still think it will beat Iowa. You know, another thing about quarterbacks we see all the time is defenses. We've seen some quarterbacks not the most talented. It happens a lot in the NFL come in play maybe three games and do really well, nobody's got a good book on them yet. Uh, I think Iowa will be surprised by Nico. But with what he can do athletically, his quickness, uh, ability to throw, throw on the run. I mean, let's face it. Joe Milton was not built for this offense. He doesn't throw well on the run. He's not quick. Uh he doesn't really process stuff that quickly. I, I just, I don't think this is well, going to be a big difference offensively. I think it's going to hurt Tennessee more that its running back core is depleted. Mm. I do too. That's the thing with this offense, though. If if your quarterback is not processing quickly and making those quick decisions, then the offense just can't run that fast. And that's that's been part of it. You know, some of it was Cooper Mays being injured, but some of it was just the uh, the man pulling the trigger. Um, you know, it, maybe if, if we can change the script just a little bit, if we go down and score on our first two drives, make it 14 to, to nothing, then I'd feel real comfortable about our chances because Iowa's offense has not been known as a you know juggernaut or anything. Hey, last, uh, last thing on the way out, you said it earlier, bowl season's kind of drag outside of the, the playoff. Agreed? I mean, um, I mean, yes, but last night's games and the night before were pretty good. So all of a sudden, it's yeah, starting to heat up a little bit. Yeah, I wonder how how it's going to look. How this bowl season is going to look after you have the the twelve team playoff going, right? Really antiquated. Then, That's how it's going to look. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Th- I was trying to think of a good euphemism <laughs> on the fly there, a one liner, maybe take a. You know, to cut a promo on something, but I, I can't. There's one in there. I just I don't have. The Here's the, to find it just throw it out there. <laughs> how, are the how are they going to sell tickets to that? That's my question. How do but, they sell tickets now? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Does the bowl system look different with the fourteen playoff than it did with the BCS? Because I say it looks about the same. I agree with you. I don't think it's drastically different. I think the twelve team playoff changes things, though. I think yeah. I think there could be a big difference there. But for the group of five, for many group of five teams, it's going to probably feel like the same because you're still going to have to have these bowls like the uh, ones you saw before Christmas. Awful. Let's face it. The group of five needs to and win playoff. They need to absolutely come to the bar and admit yep. 
that they need their own championship. They're not playing. Look, I love um, the coach at Liberty. He's a good dude, and he comes on the show, and he's from Anderson County. Oregon is going to pound their face in. I mean, they're playing in that league, and Oregon's got opt-outs. Can you imagine what Oregon's speed is going to look like to those guys from Liberty? I mean, are you kidding me? No offense. And I love Jamie Chadwell. Tony, I'm you never for know the guy. Liberty. You never know. Liberty might join the pack, whatever they are next year, when they try to reform the conference. Liberty's going to get their head <laughs> bashed into the ground. John, you they think it'll be a game? You think that Oregon Liberty game will be a game? I, I don't know what Oregon's. Uh, I think Oregon could kind of sleepwalk into that game. Sure, they could. Yeah. Liberty won't sleepwalk. No, but they're going to get rolled because that league I, they I think play the game in, will be. I, I, you're right about the speed factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of teams, uh, Power Five teams, have trouble adjusting to Oregon's speed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how many players have opted out for the Ducks. You guys have me really thinking about this tempo thing with Nico. Now that's a that's a very interesting thought as to how they're going to approach things. Because Watson Brown said eventually he believes with Nico it will get back to looking like Tennessee's offense next season pretty quickly. He said, now, it might not happen in that bowl game because, you know, you got to crawl for it. You can walk. And it might take a few games next year, but he does think that eventually they're going to be back to attacking safeties in the middle of the field like they were last year, throwing the ball over people, quick strikes, you know. So, and... With, Joe, with this kid, you're going to be able to give him two plays at one time. Whereas with Joe Milton, Tony, one to, one play at one time. I know. And we keep <laughs> talking about it, it's such a big deal. His first college start. I understand that. But again, you got to keep in mind, he's been on campus since last December. It's amazing. He's been running this offense. It, it's not like he, all of a sudden he's got a a new offense to run. Oh no. I think he's I think he's gonna be really good and I think Tennessee's going to see uh what their offensive future looks like and it's going are, to look a lot better than its immediate past. Are the, is, are I, they using would, the headsets and the helmets for this game? Do we in, know? In pro stadiums they are. So they're are they playing in a pro stadium? No. No. Only where no. the technology is available. So and now I don't know. Do they have that technology available in that stadium, Matt? I I don't think they do. Are they I mean, playing? How ACS? hard is it to get? It can't be that hard. But we're dealing. Are they with playing at that player. old uh, that old Citrus Bowl stadium? Or are they playing at UCF's house? Citrus Bowl. Do we know Citrus Bowl? They're playing it. Okay. Yeah. They're practicing over at one of the practice facilities at UCF. I I believe. That's correct, isn't it, guys? That is the old Citrus Bowl. It's at Camping World Stadium. That's what they, yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. What, what's UCS field called? The Bounce House? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anything else for us, E? No, that was pretty much it. I, I really think that the upside of Nico is going to carry the day. Probably might not light the world on fire, but it's going to be enough to get the win. Come out of there with a few things to work on yep. and eight months to get them fixed before the season starts. I think that's one of the best outcomes that we could have had going into this bowl game. And uh, I hope that's the outcome that we get coming out. Happy, good Happy New Year to you. John, what's more random? Because last week you were taken under wing 
by Nashville Lee, a.k.a. Tennessee Lee, a.k.a. Music City Lee, who said to you that the randomness of March is just the randomness of March. I mean, it's just random. And it's not an indictment on a coach you can't win in March because it's just, it's random. It's a random occurrence. Like an act of God almost, you know? So, like a weather situation, right? So, are bowl games the same thing, in your opinion? Are these things random, or are certain coaches better than others at it? Or, or with the, all these opt-outs, do they really become just random things? And there's so many variables here, but I've always thought the, the longer the best coaches have to prepare, uh, that gives them an edge. I always thought that was the case with Nick Saban. It doesn't always apply because you don't know uh, – you don't know what's going on with the team. That's why I find the first few minutes of a bowl game really interesting because you can see who kind of wants to be there. Yeah. I don't know why you bring up the NCAA tournament. I mean, what's uh, that's yeah? I know National Lee said that he, that's he kind of like a lottery. You kind of just start determining national championship by drawing a number out. Oh, I got one. <laughs> Hand me the trophy, please. He just cracked on Lee. Do you believe that, Matt? Are you going to sit there and let him crack on Nashville Lee who took him under wing last week? Well, Lee's, Lee's admitted he's had a bad year doing college football this year. So, Well, he had a bad take on the NCAA tournament, too. Back to the phones. Now, why would you do that? Now, why did you go what there? Do you mean? No, I'm, no, you just went there. Why? What are you talking about? Back to the phones we go. TLD Logistics phone lines. Hello and welcome into our next call. John Wooden accidentally won about nine national championships in a row. <laughs> Random acts of kindness. Hello and welcome in. Give the man there was a trophy. Like eight teams that made it. <laughs> Hold on, John. Hold on, John. <laughs> it's Rod and Clarksville. <laughs> What's up, Rod? How you doing? Pretty good, boy. I've been uh, dissecting some film yeah. as far as, you know, all the 707s that Nico had, you know, prior to coming to Tennessee. And I've been watching these receivers and they've having these interviews with these receivers, you know, that they were throwing to throwing to during are the you, games. Are you serious? Yeah. And, and these guys are just saying, you know, their, their respect of what this guy can, how he can throw it in the spaces that nobody knew that he could throw it to. I'm just like, guys, I, I just cannot wait to watch this man unleashed the fury that he's been, you know, building up on and, and waiting to, to prove to people why he was, the, the you know, a five-star quarterback coming out of high school. I can't if wait. He, if he looks that good, wh- how are you going to, when you look back at the regular season, what are you going to think about Josh Heupel? If this guy oh, comes John, down, stop. But, John, no. Wait a second. That doesn't mean he was John. ready to play in September. You just said so. I mean, he was here for four months, right? He's been here for a full year now. But Rod, right? He's a different yeah. player than he was five months ago, right, Rod? He's totally different. Come on, John. I mean, guys, John, listen, Matt, talk to him, Matt. Talk to him, Matt. Listen, guys, Cooper Mays. Copper. Cooper. He has now has a buttermilk chance to groom this guy into what he knows he can become. It's a great I cannot wait to see thought. what happens. That veteran offensive line coming back next year is a big deal. 
It's a huge versus deal. Versus what it could have been with because of no Coppa. That would not have been good. Right. And they know this guy knows how to center. improvise in a split second. They're going to have fun. And they're going to love it. This is going to be a great opportunity for our coaches me, to show this yeah. is what we got. Nashville Lee, a.k.a. Tennessee Lee, a.k.a. Music City Lee, just text me something way before we hazed him on the air. He said, I went back, Tony, and I did some research to look and see if Kirk Ferentz has ever played a Bryles Veer and shoot offense before, which Matt really is what this offense is, but he went back to the whole family tree deal and went back to his whole time. Matt, you will find this very interesting because it was what you were asking before. He said, I thought he had played Arkansas in the past or maybe even Baylor at one time, but I cannot find any games where Ferentz has seen this type of offense. He says it's going to be really interesting because Ferentz's defense is designed to bait you into thinking a space is open to throw to, and then it isn't. But Heupel's veer and shoot really tries to get guys open in space. So scheme-wise, this thing is a chess match for the ages. Matt Dixon, do you buy, and I want to get Rod Clarksville's thoughts, on what my man Tennessee Lee, who John Adams just uh, tried to haze on here, is smoking. Do you buy it? Yeah, I, I think it's the the unknown question that I, going into the game. I think will decide the game. How, how does Iowa? How can Iowa defend Tennessee's offense that spreads them out? Um, and then the up tempo stuff. Like I, I don't know how often Iowa do they you know try to do two or three subs every play, or do they will they just kind of play a bet? Like I think all that will be very interesting to see because I, I do think I don't think it'll happen, but I think there's a better chance than maybe we think that Tennessee could just avalanche them with some early touchdowns and, and have 21 points midway through the second quarter. John, do That's you – What's going to happen? Oh, Rod. John do, you, John, do you get a sense of how funny it would be to watch them with their scout team offense try to replicate what Tennessee does with those, <laughs> with those Iowa athletes? Could you imagine? I would love to get the leaks of that film. You talk about some films, well, Jim Harbaugh, I'd like to get my hands on. Well, uh, imagine most teams. I mean, SEC teams have trouble doing that. Imagine what Iowa with those white, corn-fed kids, rock, no offense, look like trying to replicate that offense, John. Well, I mean, I've, I've seen Iowa's current starting quarterback. Yes, that's my point. Who does not do a very good impersonation of a college quarterback. So if wow. he's at that level, it's scary to think what the scout team quarterback might have going on. Hey, Iowa's quarterback played in that Polynesian Bowl like two years ago. And he might have been an offensive lineman go. in it, but. Offensive <laughs> lineman? He was a, he was a, no, he was a long snapper. So, how many points do you think Tennessee's going to score? Because you're you're painting a pretty bright picture here. To be honest with you, it's going to be about forty-five to nothing. Yeah. Hey, Rod. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't think score I didn't know that, all day. 
I don't I know if Tennessee can shut out anybody. I didn't know they legalized it in Clarksville, Rod, but I appreciate you. Thank you. Four to five to nothing, Rod. When I jump on here on, on the overtimes, I don't want to hear it. It's going to happen. Forty-five to nothing. Rod, there's a better chance that I get through the next 45 minutes factually accurate. And you're, County, yeah, that's I'm not happening. You, you have I'm a telling you, County. Mark my words. You laugh now, but you won't be laughing then. God bless. Go Vols. Happy New Year. Thank you. Um, Tom Marine of Smoothie King texted me today. He said, your your blog says Nico's opting out, Tony. You accidentally wrote Nico in the opting out portion of your blog. Do you ever do That's things the, like that, John? Oh, yeah, I do that all the time. Are you kidding? You what know, is that? Are we slipping? What is that? Or is that just you write no, so much? No, that's just and... part of writing. The, the really? problem with writing is when you're when you're typing letters, yeah. you're already thinking ahead to what you're writing next. Mm. You're not really focused on what you're typing. And that's a common glitch. So I shouldn't and a lot of times that. copy I... editors don't catch it because it right. reads – it's not like there'll be right. a problem with spell checks. So right. That's just uh, that's just a uh, an occupational hazard you have to deal with. Don't let it get you down. And most readers understand. Oh, he did what he meant. <laughs> most readers understand about how writing works. Back to the oh. phones we yeah, go. Hello and yeah. hello and welcome into our next call. <laughs> Good one. Hi, you're on the air. How are my friends and compatriots doing today? W. Well, guys, after hearing your Iowa guest on there today, I think their plan is going to be to kill Nico. <laughs> they're they're going to send guys in there and hit him like we hit those pit quarterbacks two years ago. Because he's a, he's a stick man back there. He's not he's not much to him. I think they're just going to try to pound him to death. That worries. W. Lynn, that's that's not usually their uh, schematic approach defensively, though. I know they don't they don't play that aggressive style. I would be surprised if they changed that just because this is a inexperienced quarterback. Maybe they will a little bit. Well, I mean, with our offensive line, I mean, I, bless their hearts, are doing the best they can, but just with a four man rush. There's a good chance somebody might get there to hit him, even after right after he throws a pass. You know, and we did that against that Pittsburgh two of their quarterbacks, where we annihilated them. You know, without getting a penalty. So I'm, I, you know, that's my worry that somebody will get to him and just hit him so hard it's he sent he's in the next world. So uh, then you bring in uh, they they may not blitz, but. They can still, at times, get to him. The offensive yeah. line is going to have to be on their game to prevent that, and I think they will. And another, I remember Mark Hovannik told me about the Sugar Vols in 1985 that Richard Brown, the, the nose guard, took up two blockers. So that freed him and Robbie Scott, and you know they were the other two. Um, they were the two defensive ends, and he he made mention that. Uh, some of their their defensive linemen require two blockers to, to stop, so that that will be my concern. I hope Nico's very fleet of foot and can get away from them. But I, I mean, I think we're going to win the game. But uh, it's going. There's no telling what's going to happen. But the way he described that game is kind of like, oh my, you got to be kidding me! Fourth quarter, it's going to be up for grabs, you know. 
But, well, uh, well that's happens, not uh, how yeah. our last caller described the game. Oh, no, he the last caller, the, I'm at the, the gas. Yeah, the last caller yeah, predicted but, a route. That last Carter, caller smells like, smells like, he sounds yeah, like he's in the last caller's interpretation. He, of he sounds like he's in his fifth joint already. Yeah. Uh, let me reminisce with the good old days for a minute, guys, since this is the last year before the, the playoffs kick in. If it was the good old days and everybody was still tied to their bowl games, the Rose Bowl would have Michigan versus Washington. Ooh, I'd watch that. And that's their old Big Ten pack, whatever it is, <laughs> matchup. The Cotton Bowl would have Texas versus Oregon. Ooh, I'd watch that. The Sugar Bowl, the host would be SEC champ Alabama versus Ohio State. Damn straight, I'd watch that. That's a lot better in this system. Go ahead, continue. And. And the Orange Bowl would have Florida State, Georgia, as they do, Florida wow. State being the ACC champ. And no opt-outs. You talk about a better sport, John, much better sport 30 years ago than it is now. No offense to it. What they, it well, continues to grow. Bowl games, there were no opt-outs. No. And bowl games were a huge deal. Huge. Huge deal. And Because that's where you measured yourself against other teams from around the country. It was a big deal. A big deal. Where would the Vols be under the old days? Where Hossay gets probably about where we're at. They, probably somewhere in that you know citrus out back gate. Oh, you didn't do it. You didn't. You could, cost tomorrow. Oh, bowl, maybe the whole second yeah, tier. Do it. Can you go through the second tier tomorrow for us for for me and Beanstar? <laughs> I will tell you though, the Fiesta and the meaningless bowls are Penn State Liberty, and the Peach would have Ole Miss Missouri. I'm going to talk that for an, No, they wouldn't do that. I, I'm just kidding. I love my brother and my family. That Ole Miss team is going to beat that Penn State team like they're mad at them. Can I get an amen I know on that? It, but the, Can I get an amen on that? Now, that is one of those SEC speed versus. You know, it seems like they're Penn State over. always does. Is They're the exception. The Big Ten teams that usually have success against SEC for some reason. They're going to get. That Lane Kiffin offense is going to put a million points on the board against them, and they're not well, going to be able to move not, the ball. Tony. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for the Nittany Lions. Uh, Why? I just, I'm, I, I pull, I don't pull for any SEC teams. They're the black, they're the black bears, and uh, W. Lynn. Great line, Brian. You're my man. Great I love line. you. Great show, guys. Go big orange. Brian, you're a clown. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two, and I'm pump. I really do think that. Um, what about this? I want to ask John. Ask I want to ask John about this Ohio State Missouri deal, and we continue. That's another interesting game. That that's a. Some of these are kind of worth watching just for the curiosity of. Is Missouri gonna? Are they gonna beat that? Because Ohio State's really fine quarterback went into the portal. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. 
Hi, it's Terry from Tillis Jewelry, your festive gift destination this Christmas. Unwrap the magic with our natural diamond earrings starting at an incredible $99. Yes, you heard it right, $99. Picture the joy of discovering these stunning gems in your stocking. But there's more. Explore our brand new diamond pendants and dazzling stack rings at fantastic prices. Make this season unforgettable with Tillis Jewelry. Come see us on the Columbia Square, where the gift is wrapped with elegance. Tillis Jewelry, making your Christmas sparkle brighter. Happy holidays. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. 
Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. Don't let pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Physical Therapy's experienced team of therapists can help you recover from surgery, injury, or illness by designing a plan that meets your unique needs. We utilize state-of-the-art equipment and proven techniques to help you get back to doing the things you love. Schedule a consultation at any of our convenient Southern Middle Tennessee locations by calling 931-380-4014. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Tuscaloosa, we live by the blue-collar basketball motto. Stepping back, deep three, bottom. Hard work. Two on one, driving, stepping through, tough shot, got it to go. Dedication. Front court to the rack. Oh! And teamwork. Play the song for the champions of the Southeastern Conference. Join us for every game right here on your home for Alabama basketball. Right here, Saturdays on WKOM 101.7 FM. Get ready for a shopping experience like no other at Old School Vapor. We carry a huge selection of disposables from Cato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary and Breeze. We've got it all. Enjoy a whopping 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase, 20% off everything else. Plus, discover the largest legal cannabis selection in the state. Along with a variety of Kratom, Kava, and Glass products, check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224, 615-476-3224. Join Center of Hope for the annual New Year's Eve Mule Drop in downtown Columbia. It all starts at 8 p.m. with the amazing Emerald Empire Band. Food trucks, a beer garden, axe throwing, and a cigar lounge will all be there. Hourly countdowns and toasts will lead up to the Mule Drop at midnight. The Mule Drop is free and family-friendly. Presented by Center of Hope. Sponsored by Experience Murray and Baxter Management. No live mules will be used at this event. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. TB, back with you. I was going to ask John, oh, Missouri, Ohio State, and then we'll go back to the phones. And we'll do some TLD logistics overdrive overtime, about 20 minutes, though. Uh, John, I'm on a holiday schedule here. John, what do you think? 
I like Missouri. When you look at a lot of these bowl games, the question you ask is which team is happier to be there? I mean, what does it mean to Ohio State to beat Missouri? And they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. That looks like a layup. Missouri does have a quarterback. Matt, have you come to grips with this yet that Coach Drinkafith is going to stand on business, Coach? Have you come to grips with that yet? And you're going to have to stand on business when that happens. Yeah, for first winning season in like five years. They were really good this year, had everything kind of come together, got lucky with a Division two running back, um, have taken full advantage of the, the in-state NIL stuff. So, you know, this was a kind of a peak year, and they took, they took you know, full advantage and had a really nice, really nice team. I think they'll beat Ohio State. How unreal is that? For those for those people up there, but but look at Ohio State's track record uh, against SEC, the SEC. It's uh, just uh, dreadful. Uh, uh, it doesn't go too well, does when it? When their best players you know, aren't going to play. I think it, they beat Arkansas, Bobby Petrino, and that's their only win against an SEC team other than Alabama in the playoff that year. Do we know if our guy is back, Marvin Harrison? Is he opted out, or is he? Does he said anything? He's. He's at the bowl game, but it's incredible. I don't think he's been practicing. Yeah, but he I could just show so. up and play. I mean, who cares? You know, he could walk out there and play. To the to the um, to the radio listener, for some reason, this is going to continue for a few minutes. But I love you and I appreciate you. T Club Team, check us out there. Uh, we love you. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.